Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston. I am very hungover. It is 4.30am in Perth, Western Australia. I need to pull myself together, but luckily I've got a man very capable of taking the reins. Welcome everyone, our new host, the one and only Casanova Valentine. How are you, sir? Please take the reins. The Brooklyn Antichrist! The scum lord of the underground, the creator, the regioner, the goddamn pioneer of the no-ring death match, Brooklyn Black Death, the hipster heartthrob, Casanova Valentine is here on the Faces and Feels Pro Wrestling Podcast, and I'm not as hungover as Rafe. <laughs> but I am. It's 3, 3 p.m. and I'm still a little hungover, but I'm powering through better than him. <laughs> Well, that's it. So in uh, on that note, I'm just going to crack this beer real quick. I have no choice but to keep drinking and, and we'll kind of go from there. Thank you for your time, man. I know the time difference is an absolute nightmare and I, I appreciate it more than you know. I want to let you guys know that he got me on a very special day because it's my holiday. It's Casanova Valentine's Day right now. So Observed everywhere worldwide. <laughs> exactly, and I know, I know you've got calls to make in here, and you've got things to do, so we're going to jump straight into it, man. Let's let's just quickly talk about your status, dude. You unfortunately got quite injured recently, and you, you've been rehabbing yourself together, so so you're all patched up. How are you feeling? So, uh, yeah, so people that don't know, um, I wrestled a guy named Alex Ocean uh, December 13th for ICW, in New Jersey, and the gimmick they one of the gimmicks they do is we do matches inside of an MMA cage. Pit Fighter X, yeah. Pit Fighter, Pit Fighter X. X. And I, I hit an ill-advised frog splash off the top of the cage, and uh, sick. I, I down the, the, the I had him set up on a door, and he was a little too close to the cage, so I couldn't really spread out. Yeah. So I came down, basically knees first on his poor motherfucker. <laughs> And then I came down and broke my elbow. So um, I was supposed to actually get on a flight at 7 a.m. that night, fly straight to Orlando, Florida to do No Peace Underground. It was supposed to have a main event match versus Connor Claxton and Masada, an overing death match the next day. Yeah. And yeah. I, I honestly almost got on the flight. I could tell my arm was fucked up. I, um, I do the whole match. Also, the finish of the match is – Alex Ocean took a two by four with a gusset plate glued to the end of it and gave me a, a, a whack on the arm I just broke. So oh. like I didn't know my arm was broken yet in the match. And then he also like hit me with a two by four. Oh. Did not help. And then I almost got on the plane. I called up the promoter and I go, Hey man, just let you know I'm I'm pretty fucked up, but I think I'll make it. And then I couldn't I couldn't move my arm past like my waist oh. and then I had to like regrettably call at like midnight and be like hey man I don't think I can I don't think I can do it I've I've wrestled through a lot of injuries I've been wrestling I don't know around eight years nine I don't know how long it's been but I've had I've had six broken ribs during my career yeah well and I never took a real break I wrestled with them I just I had too many bookings and obligations and you know it's how I make money um so I wrestled through them and I I could I could barely wrestle through the broken ribs. Could not wrestle through the broken arm. But uh, uh, I'm back. My cast is off. I'm back in the gym. 
Um, my wrist is still a little fucky, <laughs> but <laughs> my elbow is good. So um, I'm excited to come back. I've got some big things brewing. I have, I'm going to have a match, um, which, you know, I'll, I'll wait to get into that. But I'm going to have a match at the end of this month for a taping. Um, and so I'm coming back. I've got, I've got two bookings next month. And then April's WrestleMania weekend in Tampa. So I'm going to – so i got two, like, little things coming up in the next two months, still enough time to let it heal. And then by April, I'm going to rip and roar. But if anyone wants to call me ahead of time, I'm ready to go. But I'm kind of just taking it easy till the big money bookings. So, yeah. That's it. Get ready. Book this motherfucker. <laughs> he's, had, he's had long enough a break. It's time to get back to work. Man, I, I'm glad yeah. to hear you heal it up. I saw the the match uh, that you got injured in, and that was obviously concerning. But, dude, that, that gusset play to hit you with, I saw the photo of, like, your arm afterwards, like, just the imprint of the gusset on your arm. And it's oh. like, if anybody wants to know what a gusset plate's about, I just show them that photo because it's fucked up. So the people that don't wear a gusset plate is it's like it's a piece of metal with like uh, metal prongs and it's used to like put two by fours together in like construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Masada was the first person to ever use a gusset and he also invented the skewer spot. So he's responsible for like 90% of the damage I've taken in my life because he keeps introducing all this fucked up shit. But uh <laughs> But yeah, man, I'll send you a picture. The scar I have is like this is audio, but yeah. I'll send you the picture what my arm looks like currently. Yeah. So you can repost it. Yeah. It's a lifer. I have a <laughs> Dude. That, that that I'm gonna have to cover it up with a tattoo eventually. <laughs> Dude. Uh just just one more to add to to many, I I'm sure. Um so so the reason we, we uh got together and stuff, uh and why we've had interactions and stuff on Twitter was really to do with the first Deathmatch Down Under shows that you were a part of, the No Ring shows over East. And I I thought it'd be cool with the launch of that new promotion to kind of get your take on it, also to go through that kind of story from your uh, point of view, because obviously you nearly got trapped in our fucking country. Uh, Oh, dude, what a a surreal time. Uh, Think of it like this. So first of all, this is how it all came about to begin with is – I work at a pretty famous uh, brewery in New mm-hmm. York. Uh, if you're into that subculture of craft beer and stuff, it's a famous what one. Do I you know? have? I've got um, a. <laughs> I've oh, you got, got the Stone Cold IPA. Stone Cold IPA. Yeah, so I work at a pretty well known brewery. Um, and so I have slight fame from wrestling. And also, it, it helps that I work at this very famous place as the doorman. So all these people look, oh, it's Casanova. You know, so it's like. I, you know, I'm a famous doorman and wrestler. I'm kind of like Mr. T. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, I, uh, Joel Bateman, uh, who's the guy that put together Deathmatch Down Under, well, one of the primary guys, he hit me up and, you know, um, he always messaged me. He's like, oh man, it's so cool that you're into craft. He's a big beer guy. He's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. He beer. used to, I don't, I don't know if he still does, but he used to like rep one of the the beer brands down here as well, didn't he? Yeah, so he he would DM me, and he would be like, hey, man, I'd love to get you to Australia sometime. You do deathmatch and like beer. And no disrespect to Joel. Joel's such a wonderful human being. But, like, I get a lot of messages from people that say, hey, I'd love to get you to wrestle here sometimes. And I go, yeah, sure, let me know. And, I, you know, I don't think anything of it. I just go, yeah, I, I, you know, if it ever comes up, I, I'm down. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that Joel was actively – 
pursuing it. Like I, you know, what I mean, I thought yeah. he was just being kind. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. like, oh man, I'd love to get you to Melbourne to wrestle. I go, I would love to do it. Yeah. And then then one day he hits me up. He goes, Hey man, got the dates lined up. And I was like, Holy shit! Oh, are you really? This you know, is, this is a real really, thing. Uh, this isn't just noise. It. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, that happens all the time, especially if you're a wrestler. And so, you oh, know. no doubt. I go, yeah, let me know. Um, but he actually actively, you know, it's so funny is <laughs> I've been wrestling for like eight or nine years, whatever it is, and the most, the best promoter I've ever worked for is uh, on the other side of the world. <laughs> no, nowhere <laughs> close to me. Joel has his shit so put together, yeah. so respectful. He put me up at a place I've never been treated better. Uh, he really took care of me. Um, he even got me, um, you know, the visa to come over. Um, you know, I, you know, I, uh, I, I travel around, you know, the States I've done Canada and UK. Um, but man, like I never really thought I'd go to Australia. So it was just such a surreal, cool thing. Um, it's just very cool. Um, so I came, I took a 30 hour flight to Australia, but so here's, what's crazy is Joel hits me up because, Hey, we're going to bring you in to do like two weeks worth of no ring death matches. We'll get you on a couple podcasts. We'll, you know, you down to do a seminar. I'm like, I would love to do a seminar. I'm like, all right, kids, start bleeding, you know, <laughs> lock up. Let's go. <laughs> and I was very excited. I also have, um, I have a couple of friends that live in Melbourne who, you know, are artists and in bands. So that were just online friends. So I got to meet a bunch of people who I talk to all the time. Um, one of the good things about being drunk at five in the morning is you get to talk to your Aussie friends, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I have yeah. a, like a handful of friends who I got to meet for the first time and what a surreal thing, you know, to go all the way to Australia. But as I was getting ready to come to Australia, COVID was getting worse and worse. Yeah. And was originally I was supposed to fly into China and then from China <laughs> go to uh, Australia. Yeah. And that was still booked for like three weeks out. And finally, Joel's like, all right, we got to change that. Cause yeah. It, it was weird because we didn't really know. We knew it was getting worse, but it was still like, you know, no one knew it was going to be like this, you know. Um, so I fly in, and I was supposed to, I can't remember how many matches we had booked, but I did the first, I did two shows in one day, and then everything got canceled. Yeah. And so, think how weird it is for me. I come to Australia for two weeks, and every every day, more and more things are closing. Dun, 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 you know? Yeah. And like... I just had two weeks, and to try to change my flight would have cost so much money. So I was like, I guess I'm just going to ride this out, see what happens. I almost got stuck in Australia. And upon further review, I kind of wish I did because it's beautiful there. Uh, it sucks here. <laughs> and you guys opened up way more before us. Like, I think I wish I was there. I wish I tried my luck. Dude, I, I, live, uh, in, I live in Perth, yeah. like, and they, like, they said it's, like, the most isolated city in the world, right? And we haven't even, like, dealt with it barely. Like, there was a couple of months there where they, like, locked everything down hard. And then we were just, like, living our normal life in our bubble. And then the other day, I don't know, some dude who worked at, like, a quarantine hotel got exposed and then just rolled to, like, he's an Uber driver or something, just rolled fucking everywhere. And then it was like, yo, oh, this yeah. dude's turned positive. Lock it the fuck down. The entire, like, state just, like, well, well at least the, the metro kind of area just closed for like a week, just like bang, like everything was shut. And then now it's like, yeah. okay, as of today, which is the boat day that I was, was doing or whatever, that was supposed to be last week, was like, okay, uh, you guys have like had the full week's lockdown. Now you wear a week of masks. 
Now everybody's back to normal. So today I was just dancing on a boat, fucking drinking beer all day with oh my all my friends. Like what nothing happened. Give, like it's wild. What I would give to dance on a fucking boat right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, dude, when you come back, we'll do it. <laughs> to, to give you guys an idea, so the states is fucked because mm. because we're we're made up of you know states. Yeah. Each state gets to make up their own fucking rules. Yeah. So that's why. The, that's why America has been so slammed. Yeah. Because I'll fly into Orlando to wrestle, and no one's wearing a mask yeah. at all, and no they have the highest number. And it's like, yeah. I remember I, I had my mask on going into Uber, and the guy like was making fun of me. He's like, "You do one of those?" I was like, "Yo, dude, like this is," but it's like there's just it's America's so big with so many different states, and you just like it depends on the state, and like and like in New York. Everything shut down. Bars are closed. So many bars have gone out of business. Like they just closed. They just. Yeah. New York is dead. Uh, yeah. Everything closed, and I get it. And but it sucks. And it just everything sucks. You know. Yeah. Um, everything's closed. I think they just allow. They're allowing ten percent indoor seating on restaurants. I think it just happened like yesterday. Yeah. Or today, but it's it's so bad here. So. Uh, and it's just just it, like this. Just are, no fucking end in sight, eh? It's it's so right. It'll just get to the point where people just can't be bothered anymore and just everybody goes back to it and it's just like you either die from it or you don't is how it feels. You Dude, know? it's it's <laughs> crazy, man. Like, uh, it, it, it's just like it, being in Australia was so weird. So it's my first time ever in Australia, you know, and every day I'm checking my phone to be like, what's going on? And like, is you know, am I going to get trapped here? It was such a like, surreal experience yeah. being over there and not knowing <laughs> you know like yeah do I live here now yeah. you know like do <laughs> is I, this like, where it's uh, going we had the same so we were in Japan in January so before all that went down like so what we used to do was we would go to Japan for like a month in January. Like, it's our favorite. We'd go see Wrestle Kingdom. We'd go see big Japan shows, freedom shows. It'd be fucking killer, right? Uh, we've done it, like, the last five years in a row. And it was the same for us. In that last week to two weeks of January, like, as, it, as COVID started to become a thing, we were like, what the fuck's going on? We kind of need to, like, go home, like, get the hell out of here, but everything's booked. Also, to be honest, like you were, I was like, I could secretly be trapped in Japan and fucking live my best life, so I have no problem with it. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't get locked there. I did come home and, and had to deal with all this shit, you know? Dude, it was so crazy. It's like, I had literally started a new life in the two weeks I was there. Like, I had my own friends i like met up there's this really famous uh, artist named fuck you baker if you want to look him up on instagram yeah. he designed he designed one of my shirts he designed some of my merch and he's a super me and him met on like reddit like 8 years ago yeah. like randomly uh -huh. and uh, he does this kind of like new york like he does like street metal punk art and so we were very similar so me and him would always talk and then me and one of his friends would always talk and they're always like oh man uh, my other buddies in a band called Geld, which, which they're awesome, weird, experimental metal. Um, and they'd always be like, we'd have a group chat. And they're like, if you're ever in Australia, let us know. And then I was like, I'm actually coming to Australia. It actually happened. So yeah. I like started hanging out with them. And the one, my one buddy, Tom, who's in the band Geld, he, uh, he lives in like an art space called Cat Food. 
is like this art commune okay. where like eight people live there. And so I was like spending half the time at my Airbnb and half the time with this metal band. And I was going to all the bars by myself because I already knew everyone. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to old timers and then I'm going to go over to hard rock. And I like actually like was just walking around the city by myself because I already memorized it and was like hanging out. I like was getting people's numbers that I met at parties. And I'm like, oh, you know my buddy Tom? Oh, and then like meet up for them with drinks. I literally, it was the weirdest thing. I literally started a new life in two weeks. Just, I like, just, just like slid straight in, just like ready to go. <laughs> Dude, honestly, it was like, it almost felt like Rick and Morty. Like I just jumped into another life a little bit, jumped back into my shitty one. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it was so, it was so cool. So coming to Australia was so cool. Um, Listen, this is another small world thing is, I wrestle in Orlando, Florida often, and uh, one of the bands that played one of the shows uh, I played at, uh, I played, I wrestled at, um, they happened to be playing at one of the bars I did an O-ring at. So think of how surreal this is. I didn't put together, you know, they didn't put together. A, a band that I know that we've done shows together in America, I get to the show because I, I didn't book the show. Joel booked the venue. Yeah. Right. I get there, and it's a band I know from the States, from Florida. <laughs> I go, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, what are you doing? You're doing this? I'm, like, I'm doing this. And, like, to see people I knew on the other side of the world, and not only that, um, I wrestle in the U.K. Uh, I've wrestled in the U.K. twice, and there's a wrestler named, uh, dude, he's got such a good gimmick. He's the pork of York. And so he's like a male stripper, kind of sleazy. Okay. Yeah. He had happened to just be doing, like, a month in all, in Australia. Like, he was like, I'm coming over here. I'm just, you know, yeah. taking a holiday. Uh-huh. So to the fact that I was in Australia, the world's ending, and then I'm hanging out with a, a U.K. wrestler who I only see in the U.K. He's just on a couch next to me. And then there's, like, my online friends I had just met and a band I'm friends with. And I was just like, how? It, it was like, it was like, am I, is this like a dream? Am I an acid? <laughs> like, so it's like my dream. It's like all these obscure people I know together. Yeah. Um, it was really a real two weeks. It was, it was definitely an experience, you know? Yeah, exactly. Man, uh, it, it's, it's so fucked, like, uh, that it happened the way it did. And, you know, the, the remainder of those shows got canceled and stuff. Um, but what it, I guess what it did lead to, which is pretty interesting, is Joel and that making Deathmatch Down Under now what it's become, you know? Like like they said that like they were going to launch sort of off the back of your tour anyway, but mm-hmm. in, in having like the COVID lockdowns and stuff, they really fleshed it out, you know, and it, it became what it is. Did you get a chance to check the, the show and everything like that? The yeah. The first one? Um, so... I watched. Um, first of all, I like it's so amazing. Joel's just so. Um, what a you know I as a person who constantly like in the beginning, uh, you know I wrestled for like five years before I started doing the no ring stuff, and it only came about because I booked an art show, and I was like, oh, I'll do a wrestling match at the art show as a performance art thing. Mm-hmm. It was a happy accident, you know. It wasn't meant to be. It was just supposed to be a a weird spas at a show, and so. I've always been creatively frustrated with wrestling because, you know, when you wrestle for someone else, you got to do what they want to do, and that's fine. But I needed a creative outlet for myself. They, I'd always try to pitch things and get boohooed. And and for me, 
it, it's like I know you you need to rely on someone else to tell a story. But as an artist, I just there's certain things I wanted to convey, and I didn't have the ability to do it. And so me doing the no ring shows and doing my own videos, and now I will get into I'm going to launch my own promotion. I just could it was just creatively fulfilling, and so that's why I really respect Joel. Is he's me? He's basically another version of me. He's he's a guy that has a lot of passion, his own vision been stifled by a lot of people telling, oh, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. And he's like, you know what? I can do this. I know how to run shows. I'm a professional wrestler. And, you know, a lot of people, like, some people, like, you know, in the in the com- wrestling community, though, they go, oh, Casanova, well, he books his own shows. What a pathetic loser. I'm like, well, actually, I travel the whole country giving my friends paydays. I, I don't, if you watch my matches, I sound like some egomaniac where, I get my dick hard paying people to lose to me, you know? I lose matches all the time. Uh, I just like to have fun, and I just want to – I'm so sick of all the passive-aggressive – I just want to have fun. Yeah. You know, I just want to go wrestle, listen to a punk band, get drunk afterwards. I want to hang out with all my fans. I'm not better than my fans. I want to talk to them. I want to sign whatever they want. And life is too short to – like, there's so many rules. I don't know how the scene is in Australia, but there's so many rules and passive-aggressive. You can't do this. You can't do that. And it's – so liberating just be like fuck you we're just gonna do what we want to do and if you don't like it fine but i'm doing my own thing you know and that's what joel did there you know there you know deathmatch is very scrutinized in australia uh i know that you got mad dog and cracker jack and some guys that do some stuff but for the most part it's almost a non-existent genre and even when i came over there was a guy threatening to fight me on twitter be like you piece of shit and i was like I'm at old timers. If you want to show up right now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, like, let's fucking go talk some I, shit. We had we had legitimate ba- backlash about me coming over. You know, um, you know, I'm kind of like if you don't know me and you just see me, you just see, oh, this fat guy that fights in bars and bleeds everywhere. But really, you know, I love professional wrestling. I love Blackjack Mulligan and Ox Baker, and I love the history of wrestling. And I, I consider it art. Like I consider it like storytelling, like mm-hmm. performance art. You know. Um, so I have a big respect for the business, but I'm not so stuck in my ways that the business can't be other things. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think it's very limiting to say, oh, wrestling has to be this. Yeah. So that's why I really like Joel. Joel is like me. He just was sick of everyone saying you can't do this, and he did his own thing. And I was very thrilled with how he got me over there. We made – you know, we only did two shows, but we still made money. We produced it, released it for free. He got buzz going. He wasn't even expecting to sell out the first show he did. He sold it out. Um, you know, what's funny is there's a wrestler, Guido, from the West Coast. Who did get, he did stuck get stuck here. <laughs> exactly. And he, he he's the American that did this. And so now he's like, I'm just Guido. living here now. <laughs> he's like, he's like yeah. yeah, I'm just staying fucking. Like, yeah. Guido's a guy from the West Coast who, you know, the big deathmatch companies in the States. Like, he's from Agua, they, right? Huh? Yeah, he wrestles for the underground in Cali. Yeah. But yeah. in the states, the big deathmatch promotions are on the east east coast. You yeah, know, okay. yeah. and no one really gave him an opportunity. And he's a guy that Joel's giving an opportunity. He had a banger of a match with Joel. So good. And Joel, Joel's doing a really great job of making it all inclusive and friendly. And it's not like, you know, this weird, scary thing. It, you know, it, even with deathmatch, it feels safe for fans, and that's it, it's so good. I feel like Joel's doing everything right, and he's doing it the way he wants to do it. So um, it's really admirable, and I really like respect it. So, uh, 
yeah, we came and did the two matches. I, apparently, it went over really well. You know, they were busy shows, and now Joel's doing it. I watched, um, um, I watched Joel versus Guido, which I thought was a great match. And they, you know, they didn't really have tons of gimmicks. They they took their time telling stories, building up to the bumps. You know, um, I like that they set they, stipulations they, as well, like Big Japan style kind of thing. Like this is gonna be a gusset board and cut can match. And then that's all it was. They weren't pulling out, uh, like, you know, other exactly. shit. Like, you yeah, know so. Less is more sometimes. And also, like, if the main event's going to be a big gore fest, maybe you don't have gore fest all the way through. Yeah. You know, like, in, in the States, it's either, like, it's either all death or, like, one death, but it feels out of place with the other ones. Yeah. So I really like the way he booked the show. Um, I really liked uh, Damian River versus... Uh, um, Callan Butcher. Callan the Butcher. Yeah. Oh, the Saran wrap. I don't know. If the people yeah, the cling wrap fucking blade was he brutal. His head yeah, yeah. Was so brutal and innovative. Just cutting and, him with the blade. Know, I messaged Damien Rivers the other day and I'm like, you're an evil motherfucker because <laughs> it's like a lever. <laughs> Everybody's cut themselves on that shit, you know, like on those little blades and stuff. And I'm like, that's like one of those things that just like, you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, anytime you can watch wrestling in 2021 and you see something you've never seen before, it's good. You know? Yeah. Um, especially in the States, it's so strifle with Canadian Stirrer super kicks. There's this one thing I fucking hate. I don't know the name of it. It's where you grab the rope and do a step up in Zaguri and the guy's on the other side. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It is in every fucking match. Yeah. Every fucking match. I can't go one show without seeing it. So anytime you see something new and different, it's it's just refreshing, you know what I mean. So, um, I really enjoyed the first show. Um, I really, I'm a huge fan of Caveman Ugg and Gore. Uh, there's so much. You guys have a lot of talent there, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting things. I'm excited to see what Joel's gonna do. Yeah. You know, um, personally, I would love to see the Snuff King Gore versus Schlack. Oh fuck yeah! yeah. Gore's match, a monster, man. Like Jesus match, Christ. Oh my god! That take my money. That yeah, would be that'd be fucking brutal. <laughs> so, yeah, and you know, I I feel so honored because you know I'm you know I'm kind of my own entity. Like if people that aren't familiar with me is like I do the no ring bar fight death matches in the states. I've been I had the opportunity to the first ever no ring death match in the UK. I did the first one in Australia. I've wrestled on three continents now. You know, and I'm not. You know, I've wrestled for CZW maybe four times, but I was never a CZW regular. I've never wrestled for GCW, and I've been able to exist as an international deathmatch wrestler, not even wrestling in the biggest companies. Mm-hmm. I eventually started working ICW, but you know, I'm I would I'm, I'm three and nine or three and eight <laughs> in ICW. You know, so not the best you know, record. <laughs> But you always, you always yeah, make an impression like every single time you come out. Like it, it's what has always driven me, uh, like uh, drawn me to you. So for anybody that that is maybe listening to like if this is their first Casanova Valentine interview, uh, Vice did a documentary. We won't get into it too much because it, co- it covers a lot of his, his uh, backstory and stuff. You can find it online very easily. Just look up Casanova Valentine Vice documentary. But basically, you're a self starter, you know, and. It, I love that you were like, I love all this shit. It's fucking awesome. I'm so sick of fucking not being booked or things not being thing. So I'm just going to create it myself. And I, it was instantly like, I, 
and I, I feel like you portray yourself so well in that documentary. And even now speaking to you, like the, the passion that you have just comes straight across to me. And so I was like, look at this motherfucker just out here, just living it. Like I, I always think of when I think of you, I think of the shot of fucking you like slamming a beer and fucking walking through like the doors of fucking uh, wherever a pub, you've got the fucking badass fucking battle jacket on, you spit a beer, the club goes fucking wild. And I'm like, this dude, he's like a metal band in a wrestler. You know, I, I did, uh, I was in a metal band for like 10 years, you know, touring and doing shit and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is my fucking dude. Like, I just love the vibe. And, and I just think you just come across as so fucking honest, man. And it's killer. Like, it, yeah. That means, that means so much to me. And, you know, that's why I think I'm so humbled to be a part of Deathmatch Down Under because here I am an American. I'm on the other side of the country, but other people can see what I'm doing and relate to it. They're yeah. like, yeah, I just want to fucking, you know, we only have a limited time on this earth. Like, fuck, can we stop fighting and be like, you can't book him because I booked him and that guy's mean to this guy, so you can't book him. And it's just like, especially in wrestling, there's so much passive aggressiveness. You can't wrestle that show because... I don't get along with them, and it's just like, dude, I'm just an independent wrestler. I just want to fuck. Can we just have fun? Would it be so? You know, when you're a kid and you said, "Hey, I want to be a professional wrestler," I didn't say, "Hey, I want to be passive aggressive with other adults." Yeah. You know, like I just want to fucking wrestle. I don't have time for the drama. You know, you can you can be like, "Oh, he books his own shows." Who cares? I'm just trying to have fun, travel, and do new things, and. It's clearly working because I've had Rise Underground fly me in twice the UK, and they're like-minded people. And Joel saw what you know what I was doing, and he felt the same way. And then, look, he, I influenced. The, you know, I I had some influence on him, saying get rid of the stigma of being oh I'm starting my own show. That's you know that's Carney or I'm a mark for myself. And just doing it, like who cares what anyone has to say? End of the day, you have a lot of fans that they say you I fans, but Casanova sucks. End of the day, I'm the one in the trenches, traveling the shows, putting up the money, taking the risk, and you—it's it, literally so much injuring to yourself. Like fucking, you know, it's yeah. your body, man. Like you've just been out for how many months? Like, you know. yeah, you just—it just—you just gotta. It takes a lot of balls to put yourself out there and take the risk, and I respect anyone that does it and just goes for it. You know, so yeah. I—that's why I'm, I'm so happy. Like I got to wrestle Con the Butcher, Joel. And Sicko Smacks, who hopefully will, uh, you know, come back. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's so cool that I was able to come to Australia, do my kind of style underground fights. Um, I got to meet Gore and K-Man Ugg. Um, we got to have, you know, wild, fun, ex- surreal experience. And now Joel's going and doing his own thing. And I- I'm just so thankful to have, it, you know, been a part of it. Um, also, I was going to – we mentioned before we, we started recording – the people that don't know this, uh, we had a bunch of shows lined up. All of them, most of them got canceled, but I was only able to do one night. But Joel helped me find another venue to do another show the same night. So the only two matches I did were the same day. So it was exhausting. I I do a, a pretty long match with Joel, pretty brutal too. Which is killer. And then I step the bar. I drink five shots. I grab my box of shirts because I had them printed in the UK by yeah. my buddy, fuck you, Baker. Grab my shirts and then walked 15 minutes down the street covered in blood with my with my uh, luggage and my shirts. And I get into the new venue. And I remember I saw Colin and Sicko. They were at the first show. And they were going to go ahead of time. I go, hey, guys, do me a favor. 
it's a triple threat, no ring. I go, call most of it um, and plug me in. Yeah. You know, like I trust you guys, you guys are professionals. I got to do this 20 minute match and then walk over there. So just get like a gist and I'll help you, you know, yeah. firm it up. You know? Yeah. So think how crazy this is. You know, I fly to Australia. I don't know, if, you know, it, it's weird. I've how long were you in Australia of- for before you did the match? What's that? How long were you in Australia for before like the first show? Uh, like two or three days, maybe? Yeah. Okay. I, I can't honestly. So think of how crazy this is. I'm in Australia. It's a whole new country. It's, you know, I, I wrestle, have a really super violent matching, but it goes over very well. I slam beers. I walk 15 minutes down the street. The second I walk in the building, the band that was booked for the show is finishing. I walk upstairs and Sickle Smacks and Connor there, and they go, you got uh, five minutes. And I go, all right, what you guys come up with? And like, uh, I go, fuck. <laughs> so, so, you know. We call the match within five minutes, yeah. and I'm people that say I don't have a mind for wrestling are wrong. I go, why don't we do? You come out, you come out, I come out. You guys both throw me for, through a door, and you fight amongst yourselves for five minutes. Yeah, I have a nap. <laughs> so I just uh, if I can have a quick nap, and then we're <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna lay down. I'll come back with a double clothesline. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm just gonna lay down. But I did two back to back grueling no ring death matches, and then I just kind of like. Hung out in Australia for the rest of the time. We met up. I did a couple of podcasts. Um, I, which, well, another thing that was crazy is I went to my buddy's bar and I, I, I put a thing out on Twitter being like, hey, I'm, I want to say I'm sorry to everyone that was really excited to see me wrestle. Um, if you're still in town, like if you know, I'm still in town, I'm going to be at this bar. I'll bring some of my shirts if anyone wants to. And a decent amount of people actually showed up to this bar. Just, I just like an impromptu made and great. Yeah. Yeah, and what, what's so weird, especially for me, is like when you're in it as a wrestler, you never really know what your reach is, you know. You, you, but to come all the way across the world and have people so excited to see me, it was just such a cool – well, just what a cool – like I'm so thankful that my life – I get to experience that. So yeah. I'm, I'm forever in Joel's debt. Um, I'm very excited about what he's doing. I thought the, the last show was really great. I love how he booked it. I love that he, it's, it's all-inclusive. Um. And I'm really excited to come back. So I've been talking to Joel about once the borders open up, I'll be back. Um, I know that he did. I only got to watch one match off the Wash Your Hands show he just put out. Yeah. Um, so same. Not, I started I it and then I fell asleep because it was like fucking 11 p.m. <laughs> 11 p.m. on a Friday night or whatever. Like us. And I had yeah, to work the I, next day. And I was like, I'll watch this. And I was like, gone. I got to watch um, Gore versus, I, I, the name escapes me, but a guy that uh, wears a kilt. Um, oh, it's Fox, uh, the big rig Fox. Yeah, I also saw that oh. match, and it was killed. that venue they were in looks so fucking cool as well. Oh, dude, I hope that when I come back to Australia, I can wrestle in that venue because that's kind of what I'm into. Kind of these weird, intimate settings, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Where is this place? You know, like, uh, um. So I got to see Gore. I'm a huge fan of Gore and Cracker Jack. What's funny is I've been a fan of Cracker Jack for years. Like, I never really thought I'd get to, like, you know, be a part of the Aussie scene. It was funny. On Reddit years ago, someone posted uh, a Melbourne championship. Or I don't know, is it Melbourne City Wrestling or Melbourne Championship Wrestling, MCW? Uh, I wish I could tell you, but I live on the other side of the country, and I can't remember. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> I think I think um, it's City. I think it's City, but uh, sorry, MCW, uh, if I got that wrong. Someone posted a promo, like, lead up to a show, and it was uh, – 
Cracker Jack leading up to this, like, uh, I think it was Mr. Giggles or Mr. Jiggles or something like that. Yeah. It's like him wrestling this comedy guy, but it gets serious. Yeah. And I remember the storytelling was so good. Like, it's still in my head. I remember how good the storytelling was of just this promo. And it got me totally invested in a promotion I never heard of with guys I hadn't heard of. Uh, so I'm excited to come back and work with, like, Cracker Jack and Mad Dog and Joel again. Uh, there's a lot of talent over there. And, you know... I'm, I'm glad they're going to be. It looks like they're going to be getting more notice and more showcasing, you know. Yeah. So, uh, anything I can help do positive for the indie scene, I'm, I'm glad I had. A, you know, it's it's all Joel and Jay. They did it. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that got me over. But I'm just happy to be a small part of it, you know. Absolutely. So, so tell me this: uh, when, if, uh, when, and if uh, it will happen? But when Casanova Valentine returns. Who's he got his eye on in Deathmatch Down Under? Um, I think I owe Joel a proper main event. Because he's the one that pulled all the strings to get me there. He did all the work. Um, he helped me find the printer. He helped do everything. It, like, he wouldn't, it wouldn't happen if it wasn't for Joel. We had a no ring, which was my match. I would love to give him a proper main event. I would love to have no rope hardware tubes lining the ring savage let's go fucking 40 45 minutes you know let's the a proper bjw yeah. fucking bloodbath <laughs> yeah fuck well, I, i'll do it um joel is such a scrappy fucking guy um when we wrestled he goes <laughs> he's such a nice guy he's like well maybe we'll wait to get color we'll you know we'll build towards that right and I chuck him through a door in the beginning, and he instantly splits his head open, drenched in blood. <laughs> just hard way. Just go. So, I remember I was going to tease a lot of stuff, and I was like, fuck it, you're already gushing, you know? We're yeah, going to go right in. That's it. But uh, I'd love to give him a proper match. Uh, I love uh, uh, Colin Butcher and River. Like These are yeah, like Damian dumb guys. Rivers, yep. And now with IWTV and Fight TV... It doesn't matter where you are. Before, no. like, the indies, it's so hard to attain. Like, I'm I'm older, so, like, you know, I was trading VHS tapes. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, like, it's so much more attainable. You could be in Australia and have all the Americans see you. It's not like the days, you know, when Mad Dog and you guys had your own Lobo, you know, fighting these shows that were, you know, hard to see. You just hear about them. Yeah. Um, I remember trading tapes to get FMW tapes. But now, IWTV... It's like Reddit. I mean, not Reddit. It's like uh, Netflix. You mm. know, it's like Netflix or indie wrestling. So anything's attainable. Now, you know, when I wrestled Colin Butcher, I just, and Sickle Smacks, I'd seen some things of theirs, you know. Yeah. But now when I talk about Colin Butcher to my, you know, to any of the Deathmatch guys in States, they know who he is. You know, yeah. and it's so good for the reach and the community of indie wrestling, you know. Yeah. It, it truly is an international community now. You know, it's so much easier to see everyone's stuff, you know? Absolutely. So, um, like, like when I first saw Cullen Butcher um, was on the YouTube video, you know, Sicko Smacks, you, him in the three-way. That was the first time I'd ever heard his name or saw anything. Next minute, he's headlining essentially like on a worldwide debut, like in a 100, like 100 light tube deathmatch. And like looking and like a fucking it. star, right? Like it was, and those two just absolutely killed it. And like anybody can do it, and there's no reason why if you if you can get yourself that platform, which they did, but then also not only put on a great show, but like 
looks so fucking professional, you know, like the the lighting, the the individual entrances, the music, the angles. They just had everything on point. And so if anybody anybody can do that, like just get the shit. It's not yeah. even that hot. And you can make yourself into something. Like, you know, like uh, when you open up IWTV, how there's like the, first, like the top five or just seven uh, independent kind of companies are at the top and then everybody stacks all the way down. Like when you look at it, Deathmatch Down Under is like just under that and they've done one and a half shows, you know, because they've mm-hmm. put themselves out there professionally immediately and it's very impressive. And there's other indies that have been on there for a long time that don't look as good, that don't have the, the audio, uh, that don't have the camera. You know what I mean? Like it's it's amazing, man. I, I'm so excited. Um, like I, I started doing no ring shows in Florida at this bar called Soundbar. I did like three or four shows, and then they said, "Hey, can we make a whole promotion out of this?" And I go, "Yeah," and that eventually turned into No Peace. Yeah. And No Peace has probably three years worth of my No Ring shows that they never released, right? Yeah. And their footage is so good, and then now it's just starting to come out. And I was yeah. like, "Dude, once people see the quality of this footage, because they actually have a budget, they they're, they're like, there's a nightclub, you know, yeah. that they pay like big name acts to come to. It's not." The, the bar in indie wrestling has been very low for a very long time, especially in the States. The production value is so low. It's it's like, why even bother to film this if you're not, like, everything's so shitty. And the the positive thing about this is it's only going to force everyone to be better. Yeah. The bar is going to be raised. Like, better production value, more creative people. And the more the, more the production value comes in, the more, cause, the more money. Because right now everyone kind of cuts costs. Like, oh, I'm just getting the video out. You know, but now you, the competition is only going to make things better. Like deathmatch done under, they have the ring, the you know the setup, um, the 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 drapes. You know, deathmatch. It looks so good. Um, I remember when I wrestled in Canada, um, the first couple times I wrestled for a promotion called Demand Lucha, mm-hmm. and it was in an opera house with a live band and all the lights, and I was blown away because here I am, one that you know, one of the name wrestlers coming in. And I don't wrestle on any shows that have this production value. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited. Deathmatch Down Under looks like a million bucks. And I hope it's going to force everyone to raise their bar. Because the, the better it looks, the better it's going to get noticed. The people are going to want to watch better footage. I, dude, it kills me to think of how many. Just today I was watching a show where the cameraman missed the finish. It's like, <laughs> this, is your, this is your fucking stream? This, yeah. this, is, your, this is how you make money. how do you how do you allow that you know so um and like how do you not have a a commentary team that knows their shit like like uh deathmatch down on this fucking uh team very first time doing it jess and andy are there they're killing it like like straight away and you can't play that like flashback i i did an interview with uh neil diamond cutter it was the last podcast i reviewed but we talked about the insane eight tournament right which was a fucking banger of a tournament but that commentary was so bad man and like so many people like you see on twitter while it's happening that i knew about the tournament because of the commentary right like i didn't know what iw mid-south was but my feed was blowing up with people being like this is fucked and then i watch it and i'm like dude this is rough as hell and there was one guy trying his best and there was some some bullshit going on but you're like how do you let this happen and then going forward how do you fix it because people i i spent my money to get that that fucking show and i'm never gonna watch it back with sound you know what i mean like yeah. that's a fucking that's problem man like 
and, you know, and I hope, you know, I truly hope this forces American Indies to get better because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the American Indies is always the top thing because, you know, we have WWE here. Mm-hmm. And so most of the American Indies guys are the guys that get signed. The most of the focus is here. But, like, I wrestle – there's a promotion that I love to put them over called Super Kicked in Toronto, Canada. Uh-huh. They have such amazing production value. They, they're in this – this oval shaped place with a balcony and lights. And they do a Halloween show every year where their wrestlers aren't the wrestlers for the night. They're either zombies or werewolves or robots. Sick. And it is, it should be huge. It really should be fucking huge, you know? And their production is so good. The sound, the lights, they have their own school. So everyone is super good. They're super trained up. And, you know, I can't tell you how many, Random shows I've gone to in the middle of nowhere in the states where it's just like a a, a towel over the or a string, you know. Um, I just think of it like you got to look at it like you have to have artistic integrity. Yeah. Think of it like this: I would never release a painting; it it looked like shit, you, yeah. you know. And I hope you just I hope people have you know care about what they're putting out, and that sometimes people are just rushing shit out to make money, and. I get it. Everyone's broke. Everyone's having a hard time. I understand, but I'd rather wait till you could do it right. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's why Deathmatch Stun Earner, it looks so good, so professional. And I hope, I hope more, more people lead, you know, start leaning that way. Yeah. You know? Well, you, you got oh, to as I well. Know. And if you want to draw new eyes too, because if I turn around to a friend and I'm like, do you want to check out this thing? Like, and they're not like from in the wrestling world, they're not deep into indies or anything like that. Like, I need to have something to show them that looks killer, right? Like, it, I can't show them that in, say, an eight tournament, even though it's got some of the best death matches, like, I have yeah. seen, you know? Like, Schlack and Neil, Oren and Neil. Like, these are fucking banger matches. But what am I going to do? I'm going to fucking put on a music track, put it on silent, and just put it on in the background or something. You know what I mean? Like, it, it yeah. robs them of... of they they put their bodies on the line for that stuff, you know, and and if you have a have the production value and stuff there, I can show somebody like a an ICW no holds barred show, like a pit fighter X show that you were in, and it looks like a banger, you know, and it sounds great, and yeah. the struggles and Ron sound great, and the music's there and stuff, and that's what you need. Or you can put on Deathmatch Down Under, and dudes can be like, well, I can I can see this in Australia. It's like, yeah, man, when the fucking borders open up, these dudes, uh, they've already booked like a year in advance or whatever of shows they're going to do. You're like, they've got their shit together and it's it's really exciting and all we've got to do is fucking clear out this COVID shit. Melbourne just had another outbreak. I think somebody like used a nebulizer when they had COVID and made it airborne and more dangerous. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on over there. Yeah, but they locked down instantly. They had to cancel their, their fucking next show. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's exciting, like... I know COVID has has been fucked, and you know it's been hard for a lot of people. But the pros and cons, you know, I, I know it's hard to see some pros. I'm not that. I'm saying it's a pro. But the only one of the few good things to take out of it is it's giving people some time to set their clocks and really think about it and plan strategically because you know everyone's going to want live events when everything comes back. So the one of the small positives you can bring out of it is. People have had time to recharge the battery. I've been endlessly hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it gave me time to heal. Um, you know, and now everyone's so motivated, you know, to uh, get back to it once we can. So, yeah, yeah. Um, even you know, even before I'm you injured your elbow, like I could see 
like you're obviously like you were in the the shred shed, you know what I mean. You're putting out a lot of content, and you were drawing more interest because you were like, I'm fucking getting my shit together when this comes back. You know, the the people that are really motivated, it comes it comes across, and and I feel like a lot of you guys are just champing at the bit to fucking get back to it. Yeah, and I'll say this about uh, COVID, and when we were on break, it gave me a strong advantage over guys that are just good in the ring. Yeah, because a lot of people go, oh Casanova. Oi, he uh, he uh, he sucks. He's he, all he does is punch and kick. He doesn't chain. He does. But all those guys that have no personality and only good in the ring were paused. The guys that could cut promos and yeah. think of fucking outside the box shit, I wasn't paused. You know, yeah. I could release content. I was releasing commercials for merchandise. I was cutting promos for people. I had my I launched my whole web store. I did the stretch. I fought someone at my mom and dad's house. Just you killer. Know, like, was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I fucking loved um, it. We were, well, you guys uh, did. We you, did you guys do the so the people, like? So people that don't. Oh yeah, you um, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So people that don't know, I was I was uh, I did most of quarantine at my parents' house, which is like five hours from the city in like rural upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And my dad would make me mow the lawn literally like every every three days and it shoot sucks <laughs> it looks like a huge so property it looks huge so i can definitely understand that it takes so long and it's a pusher you know push yeah. so i made up a gimmick that the loser has to mow the lawn if you come fight me at my mom and dad's house um we were going to do a rematch uh in the fall that was loser rakes the leaves yeah but uh, <laughs> uh we ended up not doing it but i, I we're gonna run back we're gonna do more stuff at my mom and dad's house yeah so good, man. Uh, did you also do the Isolation League as well? Was it you that, oh, that yeah. started? <laughs> yeah, so the people know there's this Isolation Wrestling Federation, which is the first no-contact wrestling league. <laughs> uh, so it's actually, it's so funny. It's a bunch of guys I know from different bands and bartenders who were all, you know, had a lot of free time, you know, when shit was locked down. So they started out just jokingly cutting promos on each other on voicemails. Mm-hmm. Hey, you better stop dodging me. You better answer the phone call. You know, yeah. uh, and then they started recording. They started re- making videos out of boredom, back and forth. And then it started out as a group chat of us calling each other out. And then uh, my buddy made it into a fucking Instagram. And then now it's like a whole other thing. I it still goes. It's still going. <laughs> I I can't say anything yet, but one of the guys from the Isolation Wrestling League, got a huge break from it. Um, I can't say what it is, but he's going to be on TV because of it. Yeah, so, really? I'll tell you later, but like, yeah. the fact that the Isolation, it, it got written up in the New York Times, uh, I mean, the New York Post about it. Uh, it's gotten tons of media coverage, and one of the guys is going to be on a TV show now, just from, cut, just from dipshit us being like, hey, you know, meet Bone Tony. <laughs> You better fuck off. You, you know, you dodging my phone calls. You know what I mean? So it's... Yeah. Uh, it, it's wild because you, you, you could get to the point, really. Like, I, I could see it. You could do, like, Isolation Wrestling Federation, like, live in a bar. Like a, a fucking, oh. you know, like a rap battle kind of situation. You do the music. You do the entrances. You do all the bullshit. And then just cut promos on each other. Like, And people would eat it up, man. It'd be so funny. Yeah. It'd kind of be like battle rap. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, exactly. Like, just rolling like, in like, motherfucker. Yeah. All the great oh, parts of wrestling, just no wrestling. <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, 
Yeah, that's something that we've actually, I've, you know, talked about it with the one guy. Um, also, they were able to get. Did, did you see Mick Foley was in the Isolation Wrestling League? Uh, did did he like cut a promo on you or something? Did I see that? Yeah, like... got, my buddy runs it. Got <laughs> me to do an ongoing promo battle with Mick Foley, where he like said that he was my dad, and like, like you know, like it's so weird. It's like here I am, just like we're stuck in our houses. I'm like, I guess is this my big break talking to Mick Foley online? You know. Um, and then we also got Wes Borland, the the guitar player from Limp Bizkit. Yeah, he's in it now. Is he really? It's like what? Yeah, like what the hell? That's so so funny. weird. That's so funny. <laughs> it's very cool. I'm I'm very lucky to be a part of a bunch of weird shit. Um, so yeah, the Isolation Wrestling Federation has been really fun. Um, it's just another outlet. I just want uh, to be creative and make. I just want to do creative things with my friends. Yeah. And so I'm very blessed that I've been able to uh this is what happens when you give up on a real job and uh you're like you know what i'm gonna get uh tattoos and scars and i'm not gonna fucking ever get a mortgage you know <laughs> i'm just gonna like, dude it sounds like my I, I now do have a mortgage and i love it i have a wife of a beautiful apartment here that i'm in right now but sometimes i'm like fuck i just wish I became a like fucking wrestler, <laughs> but in the I, I grew up like in a small town, you know, in Western Australia. As a young kid, you know, and I'm reading, you know, WWF magazine, and I'm I'm renting the VHSs and stuff. It was so fucking far away, you know what I mean? It's just like yeah. literally no point. But it's like everything, and I I feel like you you and I are kind of the same, dude. Like. It's just everything I'm about all encapsulated into one thing. And, like, it's, it's fucking wild. And I love that you guys just go, well, well, fuck it. We'll just do this and kind of turn it into a thing. And it's kind of amazing, man. Like, yeah. every time, you know, you, you create this persona for yourself and market. So I used to do a lot of the marketing and, and stuff for our band. And you, you just kind of handle it the exact same way. And it, it's killer, dude. You know, there's so much to be said. For, you know, the thing is, I don't want to just be a dreamer. You yeah. know, I want to create. And, and, and the thing is, even if nothing comes from it or nothing happens, like, a lot of people don't know this. In my early 20s, I was an animator, and I used to work at an animation studio. Mm -hmm. And I have a pilot cartoon show that I, I wrote with my uh, cousin, and I voice acted it, and I hand drew it. And yeah. it's a 10-minute pilot, and it exists. And it never got picked up on TV or anything, uh -huh. but... No one can take away the fact that I drew 10,000 drawings and made wow. this thing a reality. Yeah. It's so cool to have an idea in your head and then make it exist. It's like such a satisfying mm -hmm. thing, you yeah. know? So uh, I've always been like that. The thing is, I even tell people, you know, like for me, wrestling is art, you know? It, and it's, it's always been art. Everything I do is art, even if it's, you know, a, a drawing or a wrestling, a producing a wrestling show, it's me creating, and it, no matter the media, it's it's making stuff, and it just, you know, I have so much anxiety and depression, man, isn't it nice just to make some cool shit with your friends, yeah. take your mind off all that shit, you well, know? That's exactly right, so, and, and like, I think in those moments, like, being able to reflect on, like, man, I fucking built this, you know, I created this thing, you've made yourself a, a reputation worldwide on just doing whatever the fuck you want, and that's pretty badass, man, so. It's all you can really ask for, really. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> Exactly, like so, you're just yeah. like like you said. I'm just a fucking bearded dude that works at a fucking brewery and like you know and throws dudes around and fucking bleeds and like I I've made 
a, a reputation and a, and built for and met friends and stuff all over the world. At the moment, I'm sitting here. The sun's coming up behind me. It's five twenty five a.m. in Perth, Western Australia, and we're fucking talking across the world because of like you just felt like doing a wrestling show in an art gallery one time. You know, like it's it's pretty yeah, wild, bro. Because to really, if, yeah. If I wasn't super fucking sad in 2016, yeah, <laughs> and had nothing to lose, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I was just super bummed out, and I hadn't wrestled on the indies. I think I hadn't wrestled in a year. I was an indie wrestler, mm-hmm. and, you know, so many indie wrestlers boohoo everything. You can't do that. You can't do this. The best, you can't do this. And I was like, you know, I haven't wrestled in a year. Bafangul, that's a time, you know, <laughs> Bafangul, I'll do whatever <laughs> the fuck I want. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. I don't care if anyone gets mad. Yeah. And that kind of, like, fuck it, let's do it attitude has led to you and me talking right now you know if i didn't take if i didn't take or if i didn't bet on myself and take the gamble and you you don't know how not easy it was in the beginning when i first started doing these no ring shows everyone was on me every wrestler every wrestling news every outlet oh this is backyard bullshit it's a black guy in professional wrestling uh we're gonna call the commission and shut his shows down this is this is bullshit, and then people trying to shut me down while threatening to call the liquor license. I was just like, dude, just let me live. Like, yeah, just what fuck off. Fuck like, what's it going to do with you? Like, fuck off. <laughs> and you know what? But the thing is, I broke my bones. I bled. I literally was not easy to take that risk and put yourself out there and take all the heat and all the bullshit. And I took the risk, and then it got over. And now I've done no rings in the UK, Australia. There's full-blown no-ring promotions with belts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know. Based like, on your idea, you know, it, like what you did. Like, it's yeah, wild. It's like, what a fucking trip, you know? And, you know, and the thing is, it, it's life. Life goes on. So sometimes when I'm in it, you know, sometimes I'll be sitting down. Like, you know, I still just work at a brewery and, you know, I, you know I, I'm doing okay. But, you know, sometimes I have to sit down and realize, like, no, you're – you're doing it. You, you know what I mean? You have to realize that you are doing it and then, you know. Yeah. Um, and it must be so hard as well. Like for, for somebody like you that's so motivated, like dealing with the lockdowns and all that bullshit, it must be like fucking oh torture sometimes because you're just like trapped and you're like, just let me, again, just let me fucking live and go. But <laughs> like you've just got to fucking wait it out. It sucks, man. Dude, my skin has been crawling. Uh, if you want, I, I will I'll give you an exclusive thing. You, mm-hmm. you want some cool stuff? I'm launching the Casanova Valentine, and I, I tried telling people this. I'm like, me becoming a pro wrestler wasn't like me making a cartoon show wasn't my mountaintop. Me making being a pro wrestler wasn't my mountaintop. Getting the Vice documentary still not my mountaintop. Wrestling internationally not my mountaintop. I'm not. I'm never gonna s- settle for that. Oh, yeah, you know I. Um, so the big problem with doing the no ring shows is it wasn't meant to be a promotion, you know. It was just an art show with some bands and just like a wild hooting and hollering night. I didn't want to advertise it as wrestling. I didn't want to appeal to wrestling fans. I wanted to get something that just cool people in Brooklyn would go to, kind of like him, similar to Hood Slam. In I don't know if you're familiar with Hood Slam in I've Cali, heard of it. yeah, yeah, but it's kind of surreal. Each show has like a weird theme, and they have go-go dancers, and it's uh, luchadors with silly gimmicks, and it's just fucking fun. But nothing like that existed in in Brooklyn, and um, so I wanted to do something like that. So I'm launching my own promotion, and the thing with No Rings is 
it can't, it doesn't have much room for growth. It's just supposed to be live fun spots. Mm -hmm. And some of the promotions that do no ring now, they've kind of ran into that. They're like, they're booking like eight matches and it's just like, well, it's not really meant to be that, you know, to each their own. Um, you know, I, my creative vision is just different. You know, they've taken the idea and ran with it and that's fine. But for me, that's not really what I want to do with it. So, um, I'm launching a promotion called New Fear City, and I'm going to have a ring, but I'm still going to do some no-ring shows too, you know? So now it has room to be something, and I haven't told anyone this. This hasn't even came out yet, all right? But it's going to be episodic, like... Oh. Um, like Lucha, Lucha Underground, Underground kind of style, like it's a story. And it's going to be... It's going to be Brooklyn, scuzzy Brooklyn, yeah. meets like MTV liquid television weirdness with like adult swim like Eric Andre-ness. So it's going to be, I, I have, uh, I, I, dude, I haven't told anyone this, so this is cool. I haven't even announced anything, but um, I'm going to have animation mixed in. I'm going to have my own roster that's going to be like a lot of, New York heavy, like underrated talent that never really gets a shine. They're not going to be, I'm not going to book in indie fest. It's going to be like guys that I know who are super good locally mixed with some unique characters from all over that I personally, it's like a personally curated of stuff I fuck with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a guy named Sindoni from Vegas who does like an evil clown. I'm going to bring him in. I'm going to bring in all these misfits and people that aren't necessarily the, you know, top indie guys mixed with like weird skits and like, it's not going to be wrestling. It's going to be a TV show that wrestling happens to happen on. <laughs> That's so fucking I amazing, man. It sounds so cool. And like, when you're talk about stuff like that, like you don't, you don't need it to be like, like you say, like an indie spot fest or something, because you're, you're looking to um, give people something different which is what you did with the no ring stuff which is what you kind of do all the time and that sounds fucking killer if i'm honest uh, like yeah i want there's so many ideas that i have and that the ball is rolling i have access to this incredible venue um and what what's great is you know i remember thinking how am i going to make this work because um you know we can't have that many people but for the story so the, the gimmick is the i'll give you a little bit is it's me and my friends are squatters and we're, we're making a public access show in this empty warehouse. So the premise is just us making a stupid show. So it's okay that there's only a couple people. There's one, one guy that's going to sleep on the couch the whole show and he never moves all season. He's just on the couch. Uh, and then in the last episode, make... he wakes up and becomes the champion. <laughs> so... yeah, yeah, he might roll the guy up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, it's going to be, you know, and the thing is I, I want to get out of the, the indie wrestling rat race, mm. you know. There's so many guys that, like, I want to wrestle for GCW and I want to get my show on IWTV. Like, think of it like there's a fish in a pond, okay? Mm -hmm. And they only know that pond. And that's their world. But imagine if you pick the fish up out of the water and show him there's hundreds of ponds all around him. It would blow his fucking mind. Yeah. That's what indie wrestling is, at least in the States. Everyone's like, oh, I need to be in GCW or ICW or beyond, blah, blah, blah. Dude, get up. Look, there's... There's MTV, there's Adult Swim, there's Vice, there's Netflix, there's streaming. Why are you fighting amongst yourselves? So I may be saying too much, but my goal is to, instead of fighting for the one schleckle, you know, just do my own thing. Mm -hmm. Get out of the rat race and present something that appeals to 
that's not just appealing to guys in like a Kenny Omega shirt. No offense to them, but instead of just appealing to just wrestling fans, you know, because that's what happened early in my career. You know, the shows in a brightly lit middle school gymnasium in Long Island, no one wants to go to that, but they will go to the, the punk rock bar in Brooklyn. So instead of trying to, uh, you know, fight for ideas and movement within small time indie wrestling, think bigger, do something bigger, do something that appeals to everyone. You know, like you probably know punk rock people. I'm going to have bands on every show too. It's always a musical guest. Um, so imagine how much cooler it is like, oh, Knock Loose is playing and then there's three wrestling matches and then this luchador is going to fight a clown. <laughs> it's way more appealing across the board to different types to, of people. And one thing I've learned, especially from traveling and wrestling, like I went to Australia and met my buddy Todd and my buddy Baker who are in a band and, a, and an artist. And as I travel around the country, I always know people I know. Like, I'll go to Chicago, I'll go to a bar called Exit, and ask go-go dancers and punk rockers, and we all know each other, and they know someone I know. And I realize the world's a lot smaller than you think it is, you know? And instead of just trying to appeal to wrestling, I'm going to appeal to music, I'm going to appeal to animators, I'm going to appeal to punk rock, and do more for everyone, you know what I mean? And that appeals to a wider audience, it could do gets different eyes, and I don't want to just be enjoyable to one type of person. I want to be enjoyable to everybody, you know? Yeah. So my goal is to be like super jail wrestling. So we'll see. Let's see if I can pull it off. I've got a lot of cool opportunities. I've got a meeting with a couple really big streaming sites to stream the first couple episodes. I'm hoping to pitch just the, the premise to TV. So we'll see. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I feel like this might be the next step in what Casanova is, because think about it, like what, what, where's my direction go? I keep wrestling death matches for other people, which is fine, but like you know, my look, I'm probably never going to be made for NXT. You know what I mean? I could probably, ideally, maybe get on MLW or something, but I'm realistic in what I look like, what my style. You know, why don't I just do my own fucking thing? I've, it's been so so far so good. So that's what I'm hoping to do. I'm very excited. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, if the history has shown us anything, that when uh, Casanova Valentine puts his mind to something, it becomes a real thing, man. So I'm fucking super excited to see where you go with it, and I'm also excited for you getting back into matches and and doing everything you're gonna have. Um, you're always one of my favorite dudes, and man, I I just can't even believe. Uh, that I managed to get you on the phone today, that I uh, have managed to actually, I feel quite decent after drinking this, to be honest, and having a chat with you. This has been, <laughs> been so fucking wicked talking to you, man. Thank you for your time, man. No, thank, thanks for having me, man. Uh, I, uh, I'm i glad I got this done before I had to, uh, I have a Zoom date with my long-distance girlfriend. So you're like, hey, can you do Valentine's Day? I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I can't do Valentine's Day. She'll kill me. So uh, <laughs> I, I didn't even <laughs> think about that. I was just thinking how hilarious to interview Casanova Valentine on Valentine's Day, right? I'm not, so I'm glad yeah. we're spending it together. It's very romantic. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's funny is I usually do shows every Valentine's Day, but I didn't get my shit together in enough time to do something, you know? Yeah. So. At least we got this out on Valentine's Day, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Hang on. I've, I've got something planned real quick, but I feel like there's only really one way to play out uh, Casanova Valentine at the, end of, at the end of this interview. Hang on. Bump, bump, bump. Oh, yes! <laughs> so, everybody, bump, bump, bump. 
This has been Casanova Valentine. Dude, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> if anybody hasn't seen Casanova's Instagram, he's basically viral with this fucking track right now. <laughs> If you go to the IndieConnect.com slash Casanova Valentine, I have a whole online store. All of my no-ring matches for free. You don't, you don't have to pay a fucking thing. You can watch me fight. Both the Aussie matches are there for free. Um, and hell, if you ever see me at a show, come come say hi. Come drink a beer. I'll sign anything you want. I'm just I'm here for a good time. I'm not here for a long time. So let's just fucking get it. Fuck yeah, brother. Absolutely. Everybody, check out Casanova Valentine. He's the best follow on social media. He's also putting out some of the best content ever. And I think there's like some great stuff on the on the road for you, brother. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, please don't hesitate to ask because I'm here for you and I appreciate your time so much, man. Thank you, man. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Good night, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. This has been Faces and Feels. Uh, and remember, it's all about peace, love, pro wrestling, and drinking beer and being hungover at 5.30 a.m. Peace out, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been Faces and Feels. Check us out on social media, at Faces Feels Cast on Instagram, at Faces Feels Cast on Twitter, or send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. Until then, peace out. <laughs>